Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. Well, welcome to Countercharge Podcast. I'm Jeff Shulkin. And I'm Jesse Berglund. And I'm Ralph Enough. And you heard two folks from Minnesota, neither one of them named Chris or Donnie. So I'm glad to have you on, Jesse and Jeff. Well, thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Yep, thank you. Yeah, so we're going to chat about Akon uh, tonight. But before we get there... I'm just trying to think, Jesse. I think I met you at Bug Eater like three years ago, maybe. I don't remember. It's been a long time, I think. And Jeff, I don't know yeah, what I... Shiloh Slaughter, uh, or maybe it was both. I don't remember. It's it's been a long time. You guys have been around the scene for a while. Oh yeah, it's been a long time. I mean, I started out Kings of War pretty much right when uh, Warhammer Fantasy died, and I came straight over to Kings of War uh, right away. So it's been I don't know when was that 2016. So it's been a while. 2015 is when when, sec- when yeah. uh, second edition came out, right? Yeah, I probably uh, played my got- first tournament in, in 2016. Yeah, of Kings of War. and I know you were at the Nashville uh, Masters. That was 2017, I think. Uh, Nashville, I think, was, was the first one, I think. Yeah, I, think yep, was I was at Masters. 2017 was the first Masters I played at. Yeah. How about you, Jesse? What's been your experience with Kings of War? Yeah, about the same. I started right after uh, Warhammer died. Um, Chris Kapsner, our group leader up in uh, Lake Swat when I was living up near Duluth. We tried Age of Sigmar for a few months and weren't liking it. And he like brought us into Kings of War. And I was a little slow, like, okay, this doesn't have the lore. This doesn't have the randomness of Warhammer, you know, that I really... Because I was not playing Warhammer for very long before they killed it. But then I really got into it, you know, the balance of the game and just being able to being able to multi-base models just makes so much more variety of what you can do. I like Warhammer lore. It was awesome. Uh, but that was probably the main reason why I was playing the game. It wasn't that the, the rules were tight, <laughs> you know? Right, um, right. Well, let's jump in. Let's get to meet you a little bit. So you guys both are from Minnesota. Are you, whereabouts from Minnesota are you guys from? Uh, I live out in the suburbs in Woodbury. And uh, Game Center here is probably in the middle. And then we have another store at Tower Games that we play at. So, for so me, is that Minneapolis for, for the yep, geographical challenge? Yeah, okay. Minneapolis right. and St. Paul. So just the Twin Cities area, basically. It's just a suburb. And how far from the guys up in Duluth? We're about, what, two hours? Yeah, two hours. It's about a two-hour drive to Duluth. Okay. Where do the better players reside? Is it Duluth or is it Minneapolis? Oh, definitely yeah. in the Twin Cities. <laughs> Don't let Captain hear that, though. Don't you be. <laughs> well, I don't. Might, Chris is retired, right? Like, he doesn't listen to podcasts anymore. But Donnie yeah, might tell him. But, but Donnie, yeah, Donnie might, might have that. something. He'll, he'll, he'll spill the beans. So, do you guys have a club? I know they have the Lake Swat thing up in Duluth, but what's your club? Well, right now, we're actually in the process of changing the name of our club, as a matter of fact. Um, but we're all part of Lords of War right now. But um, we all sort of splintered off from that group because they play a lot of 40K and Age of Sigmar still. So we thought we were actually been talking lately about having our own club name uh, that sort of reflects the fact that we play more Mantic games, Kings of War plus Dead Zone, and uh, some guys are playing Armada and everything too. So we're in the Lords process. Of War, that's a club back in fantasy days, I remember. Yeah, absolutely. Like and, and stuff, right? Yeah. I used to. Super good group yeah. of guys too. It's just like yeah. I said, a lot of them are mostly playing 40K yeah. or Age of Sigmar. So we're kind of doing our own thing over here with Kings of War. 
But I still consider so myself Lake Swat. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm from up by Duluth and was living up there for a while. And whenever it comes down to events where we got three or more players uh, from Lake Swat, that's where that's where my loyalty your allegiance is. is but... Your allegiance is, is fleeting. I get it. Right. But it's uh, uh, the last few events. He's still it's a man just, of the north, though. It's just been a couple. Uh, me and Donnie, we've been the only ones uh, going to some of these further afield events lately. So, uh, Well, Donnie's we... a nut because, like, yeah, I I don't travel that much but i'll travel occasionally like to a long like a, I, i'm from michigan originally so i went to the michigan gt and i'm like donnie what the hell are you doing here i mean it's like yeah. i know that's got to be 12 I, I don't know it's got it's 10 hours for me so i know it's a far drive and donnie dude is more than anybody i know and i thought i traveled a lot for for tournaments but he's insane yeah he said ten thousand miles last year yeah well, 20, uh yeah. yeah so would you say you're a hobbyist first or a gamer first let's start with jeff Oh, that's tough. I mean, I really can get competitive, but I really like to paint too. That it's hard. You know, the hobby is when you can't, you know, it's a Tuesday night and you're at home and it's Minnesota in the middle of winter. What else do you have to do? You just go upstairs and paint models when the kids go to bed. So I love the hobby aspect. And a lot of armies I build are based off of what models I have or what I actually want to paint, not necessarily what I think is going to be great. Um, and then I try to work the army around that, but I definitely love the competitive side of the game too. So is, is, can I say 50 50? Yeah, I mean that's fair. That's fair, fair. Jesse. Okay, fifty-fifty. It is. I would say I'm a bit of ga- more of a gamer first. You know, I really love tabletop gaming, and so this is my outlet for that. And you know, so working on the hobby part of it, and um, I, you know, came down to the realization of I don't want to be losing points at tournaments over uh, the hobby stuff. A lot of events get you have have the very objective list. So you know, you can go in and go. Look, I know I'm going to get. It's a, it's a nice thing to know going in that you're you're not going to lose the event. Because you have a you know a sloppily painted army, Jeff. What's on your hobby bench right now? Uh, right now, I'm actually after Adepticon. I'm working on what I'm going to take to England. So I need to find uh, an army that I can actually build that's all Mantic that transports easily. Because I've never so, flown before. With, this is with a discussion I've been wanting to have. Yes, we had two Brits come to the Acon. Do either one of them bring Mantic armies? Uh, I thought that what Tom Robinson had, I thought was mostly okay. mantic. So mostly mantic, but then we had yeah. Steve with his Rift Forge, but not Rift Forge orcs. Yeah, they were, I think he had a lot of older, some older Warhammer models in it, but he had some okay. really nice stuff that he had built on his own. Like his shrine looked awesome. awesome. And I don't know what models it was or what range it was from. Maybe it was a mishmash of parts, but it looked great. So I know he had built some stuff on his own. So he did a really awesome job with that. But that being said, you are going on Mantic's Dime to the UK. I'm you going are, on Mantic's Dime. I was just more surprised you want, a, you want a Dipticon. So, yep. But you're going to bring a Mantic army. Yeah, I, it's required, as a matter of fact. Why is it only required one direction? I don't know those sneaky Brits. You can't trust them. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, because I think um, Tim Smith did the same thing. I think Tim took a, a, a an all-mantic goblin troll army. Yeah, when I got the show. email, it said that I, I needed to, to show up with an all-mantic army, which I honestly was probably going to do anyways. I feel a little bit weird showing up in England without a mantic army. It'd be odd. <laughs> so, But no, they told me I need an all-mantic army, so now I need to, to actually make awesome. one that can transport. Do you already have the army in your head? I have some ideas, but I'm not yeah. sure. I'm I'm going through list ideas of things that I can actually, because I'm a slow painter, and so mm-hmm. I have six months to get ready for this tournament, and that is maybe just enough time, to be honest. Right. And I need to find an army that I think is going to transport easily and not break to pieces. And my undead, just they would get destroyed. I couldn't do it. Do you guys have like a list, uh, Facebook Messenger thing where you're like, I got a list, and then Jesse's like, that's stupid, or it's a great idea. You're just constantly... 
you know, I'm thinking so, Kyle Poole and, and Eric Trowbridge, Felix Castro, they have the same sort of thing. Look, consortium of brain trust. Yeah, and what people don't know is I'm going to plug Minneapolis a little bit, Twin Cities. We have a huge community here, and I think it's one of the bigger ones in the in the United States, and it's getting better and better and better in terms of quality of players and quality of just the guys overall. But we have a, a, a really good-sized group. At any time, there's, I don't know, 10 to 15 guys that are playing all the time and then another 10 to 15 that pick up occasional games, uh, and then maybe another 10 to 15 after that. They don't play as much, but they still chat. We have, So we have a big group. Uh, and we use WhatsApp for it, as a matter of fact. And we have two lists, one for talking hobby and one for planning games because there's so many messages on the talk hobby side that you can't keep track of it all. Yeah, and these people all travel for tournaments, too. At the last two, Shiloh and uh, Adepticon, we've been a third of the tournament. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you saw the Shiloh group got yeah. robbed. Yeah, I was just like going to say, like, the Shiloh group, like, I knew, like, Hare, I knew Hari and Donnie. Yeah. I knew a, a fair amount of them, but, like, there were some there people like, there that I'm like, oh, I'm from Minnesota. I'm like, oh, I have not yeah, met you yet. There was like 15 or 14 or 15 of us, and we did the same in Adepticon. I think we were 10 exactly. out of the 36. So, so Jesse, same question to you. What's on your, your bench? I mean, yeah. you have a pretty Twilight Cannon army. You add more to it. You got a new army coming. What's the – Well, I think sticking with the Twilight Cannon, you know, I'm seriously debating, can I make it Can I make it to the Masters? It's a long trip. i uh, got to get the time off from work and such, but I'd really like to go if I can. And – to do that, I need a display board, and that's the one thing I've been lacking at. Now, you guys are both Midwest, right? Is that right? Yep, both Midwest region. So, uh, after where are you guys at on the after Depticon, I'm one, and you're what three? I'm number four. Or four, uh, one yeah, and four. Nice. I jumped up. Nice. Uh, I jumped up. Uh, yeah. Shiloh and Depticon pretty much put me in. Put me into the. But sadly, this year's right. rankings mean nothing to me because I can't go to Masters. What? I have a baby due one week before Masters, mm. and if I want to stay married. And alive, I will not be going to Masters this year. I I understand. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. Uh, it's, uh, it's yeah, it's it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, you know. But yes. you know, someone else, you know, number nine, number ten. I'm breeding myself out of uh, Masters contention this year. So, <laughs> so Jesse, back to you though. What do you have on your on your hobby desk? So I'm just working on my Twilight can. I think that's okay. a big thing. Over, you know, I've already got a significant number of them done and it's just adding those other elements that I'm missing. I think I would like to get a few shadow hulks uh, created uh, some of the uh, twilight blade stalkers and such uh, to have some more options to feel. That's awesome. Well, let's talk about Akon. That's why we're here, right? So yeah. we're sitting with the best overall and we're setting with the best general. So let's start with, do you guys, is Akon a thing for you guys every year? Do you guys go to Akon? Um, yeah, I actually have been going to Depticon for, well, before Kings of War, I, I went there for Warhammer like probably eight years in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did a lot of Adepticon. And then when Kings of War came around, I couldn't make it one year. And then COVID killed off like two of the last years. So that made it difficult. So this is my actually first time going to Adepticon playing Kings of War. So, but I yeah. love I love going to Adepticon. It's close to Twin Cities, only like a five-hour drive. Big tournament, tons of stuff to do with the vendor hall. It's Adepticon's awesome. Yeah, it's a great event. Just yeah. the same question. It's my second one ever. Uh, went to the one right in 2019 before COVID and then made it to this one. What I really like about it is our Midwest region's pretty big, stretching all the way from Minnesota to Ohio. And it's one of the few times we actually get to see a lot of the Ohio people. Because yeah, like Carr was there right and in the middle. Churlbridge was there. And uh, he has, one of his buddies was there as well. So there's some Ohio peeps that we never get to see normally. That's awesome. Yeah, Adepticon's a great event for those, you know uh, – 
it's not one that I that I've been making it to every year because it is a it's a time commitment, right? Like oh, it's yeah. a it's a Thursday to Sunday deal, right? And uh, it you know, but if you're going as in, in a pack like you guys go, you can probably keep the cost down, and you guys just hot hot swap into the driver's seat, right? And just yeah, so you just split gas and split we split hotel rooms, and it was mm-hmm. relatively inexpensive for as far as a traveling to a tournament goes. So how'd you guys find Adepticon? You know, juxtaposition. We're two years removed from the last one, 2019. Things change, things the same. You know, it was huge. Again, that vendor hall is insane. They have a, just a giant vendor hall. It's it's awesome. Uh, so it was, it was. I don't know. It seemed the same to me. It was a different venue than I remember it being at, but it was still just giant. And there's thousands of nerds all in one space and it, epic. It, it's it's yeah. awesome. They yeah. do they do a really good job. But I mean, it's 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 way beyond Kings of War. I mean, there's so many other game systems. It's the same venue, but I think I think what you're gonna what you I don't know if you guys noticed, but I, they're adding more and more and more and more and yeah. more. It's like at some point, like I think every year it feels the space they've run out of space because <laughs> they had like they had be. a satellite hotel with uh, for other venues. Like I think they, some of the games that couldn't fit. So, and I noticed that there were overflow tables in some of the hallways. As a matter of fact, so they were out of space and these giant convention halls, and they still didn't have room, and so there was tables. Right sort of in the hallways so it was it was that big but it's just it's adepticon it's kind of what you expect it's it's insane to see that many 40k players in one in one space right you're just like uh i I mean i mean it's players alone it's there's got to be thousands honestly exactly it's unbelievable and what was really nice was the presence mantic has there too i mean they had a full booth they were doing game demos down there and i really got the sense of one thing that might have been getting some people intrigued about them was armada I mean, they had an yeah. Armada tournament, and I went down there trying to find a L fleet, and they're like, "Nope, all sold out." And yeah, so, no, they're and their 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 booth looked good. The presentation was really well done. That's uh, big shout out to Pat, right? He did, they yeah, do a good they job. Did a great job. Kyle was there too, just kissing babies and making friends and doing the right. things. And I think done. they had Martin. Martin Thurwell came over with them. Yeah, I think, from the UK, he was there. So. Uh, yeah, a couple of the Brits yeah. were there too. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, it's it, uh, Armada. I mean, that's another you know interesting thing. I mean, they had sixteen players. It was unfortunate they had to run concurrent with Kings of War because I know Hobie Roop. There's some folks there that were playing Armada yeah. that would be playing Kings of War if yeah they, they would have played both. Well, we got some players here. We got a actually a sizable group that plays Armada still here. Not sizable, but you know seven eight guys. But I mean, yeah, for yeah. one area, that's a lot. Yeah, and uh, it's I know a great game. It's a lot yeah, of fun. No, it's it's a lot different than Kings of War, which I think is one of the, the the nice aspects about it. You know, I don't know what what your guys' thoughts on Vanguard are, but you know, locally Vanguard, you know, I enjoy it, but it's so crunchy that a lot of people are like, I don't really want to get it. I don't want to think this much. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Armada think people... is like you still think, but it's it's a naval game, so different different ish. It's very different, but it's the models are so well done too, and everybody seems to like the rules for Armada, so it's popular. That and Dead Zone are the two next mantic games here that people are playing but uh, vanguard not there's not much here to be honest yeah 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 well talk to me about you know the, the clash of kings i mean we had what you had i think 36 players 36 I think was the number yeah. yeah with with the ringer yeah so and they brought and they brought tom robinson over did I, am, I, am i remembering this right that you challenged tom robinson i did i challenged tom in the first round i never so, met him before yeah. I didn't even know who he was. Did you think it was a good idea, or did you have like some premonition? You woke up and you're like, "I'm gonna smash this this guy." I mean, no, honestly, <laughs> no. Uh, anytime there's gonna be players that I've never played, or especially guys coming from overseas, I just want to play them because you know you, you you tend to play your same buddies again and again and yeah. again. And, and we have a big group, but even still, there's only so many different games you can get. I just wanted to play 
a guy who I knew from reputation was really good and was a guy that I would had never played before. And, and honestly, I mean, how many times are you can have a chance to play him? Well, you'll, one, you'll have another chance. I'll have now. one time more. But you, yeah, no, one time but you know, it, it's still interesting. You chose Tom over Steve. I, don't I didn't know even they... know Steve was was coming. I okay, had never okay. met right. or, or knew of Steve until the tournament. And now okay, I will say. So that'll, we that'll make him feel better. It wasn't yeah, because you wanted to play the best of the best, which you did. I want to play the best of the best. Yeah. And, yeah. On, and I know that Steve probably is going to hear this, but we spent a lot of time with Tom and Steve after the games and in between games and on Saturday yeah. night. We were I saw pictures at the, at the yeah. bar and stuff. Yeah, you guys were definitely. We uh, went out. They came out with our group from Minnesota, and we had an awesome time. Those are They are two awesome guys. They are Awesome. awesome. And uh, Steve is hilarious. He's super funny. Tom is unbelievable good player. He's so good and all, super good dude. And we had just tons of fun drinking with him and talking and, you know, having pizza. We had we went out for Chicago deep dish and it was awesome. I'm going to assume I know what armies, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask the question anyways. What, what armies did you take? Well, I took my uh, Twilight Kin. I think I played you with them at uh, Shiloh and lost to you, unfortunately. But um, yeah, we both lost to you, yeah. Rob. God dang no, 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 it. Wait, wait, wait. So let's just, let's just cut. In the scenario that I play Jeff, he goes first. There's no way I win. <laughs> no way I win. It, you know, it like, so I had a lot of luck that weekend that needed yeah, to go my way. But luck's part of the game, right? I mean, it you is played, part of the game. So, yeah, you try the kin. Was it, you know, what, what was in the list? Sure. So I take it. The Twilight Kin formation, so that has uh, two troops of blade dancers and a regiment of blade dancers and a uh, soul bane, and I give him the uh, blade of beast slayer. So he's got crush three against uh, uh, monsters. Uh, everything. And, uh, oh, yeah, pretty much everything so awesome. except infantry. Uh, I take just two as chaff. I take three uh, regiments of butchers, uh, two abyssal horsemen, one with uh, the brew of haste, and one with Sir Jesse's boots. Uh, two gargoyles. And this is the difference, I think, that made the, that really has pushed my game up was I take Mikhail and then I take a Summoner Crone with the Hoshadow Beast 10 spell. So when Mikhail gets double attacks versus uh, heroes, monsters, titans, he can he can one shot things off the board like that. I would put for You're example, the reason why I take Hex now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, like, you're not uh, kidding. But in, but in, <laughs> yeah. in game one versus Donnie, uh, Donnie marched marched uh, Julius in to the battle right away and Mikhail's right on a hill right above him charges down the hill uh ended up doing 11 wounds with dread it would have been 12 you know so I only needed a four to break him and rolled a three but I mean it puts in perspective you know yeah 85 percent of the time I would have one-shotted um Mikhail or with uh, Julius right there and he's defense uh, six which yeah. is no small task, right? Right. Uh, so, and that really worked for me. Even when he wasn't going against uh, things where he got to double attacks, you're still adding on average five attacks to him, and he'll. T- and when he double charges with something else, he turns the battle. Fearless sixteen, right? I mean, defense right. five, speed right. nine, individual. I mean, a dread. All the. I mean, he's got all the rules. He's, right. he's a great. He's a. He's he's a great character. Over to you, uh, Jeff. What what? Obviously undead, but what was in the list? Yeah, so I took the undead list, the same one I took to Shiloh, but I, I built this army specifically to take to Adapticon, uh, and I finished it for Shiloh it's just so I could get some practice with it. But um, when I was building it, I knew I wanted to take Mantic models, and I thought the Mantic zombies were really, really good uh, and really good-looking models. So I actually built it around the new formation, the Shambling Blight, with the Gore Blight and the zombies and the Iron Resolve and the Phalanx and everything. So that was the first order of business was to paint up just a ton of zombies. It took some time, but I did it. Uh, And then I sort of built the rest of the list around that. I have one Soul Reaver Regiment and some Whites 
and two zombie troll hordes because I love zombie trolls and they're awesome. And the Mantic zombie trolls are also pretty good models too. So they fit in. I just wish they weren't metal. Yeah, it makes it tough, but no, I found some plastic ones that they came out with in a uh, Mantic, uh, like a like a Vanguard starter kit or whatever okay. they called those little. Uh, I don't yeah. know what they were called, but they, it was like three or four models in a pack. Yeah, it's a booster pack or something. Yeah, a booster pack. That's it. And I found uh, a plastic model. He's like holding a rock above his head, but he's he's posable because he's plastic. He's like resin. And I got a bunch of those, and so I posed that in a different uh, different poses, holding a zombie or whatever. And, nice. And that made it a lot easier to uh, base those models because there weren't all these big heavy metal monstrosities. Uh, so, but, but I did. I built a list around the Mantic models because that's what I wanted to go for. Was was the was the trip? I was gunning for that, and I needed to have the Mantic models for that. So I built it around around those, and the butcher models too. I took butchers as allies, regiments of butchers. But the butcher models are awesome. They're really good models too. Yeah, I, I'm a fan of a lot of the Night Stalker sculpts. They're they're, they're great stuff. Yeah, the Night Stalker line is phenomenal. So the butchers were e- fun to paint, easy to paint, easy to you know. You don't get a lot of poses out of them necessarily. I, I did some converting, but um. For the most part, they're good models there, and they're fun to paint. So I had a good time. I had a good time putting the list together. Refresh my memory. What scoring system did they use? Is it, was it some kind of special scoring system, or what? Uh, for how this Adepticon? Adepticon was simple, and I kind of liked it. Um, so it was 15-10-5 for win loss draw, and then you got up to three points for an attrition modifier. So you needed to get you needed to be to kill twenty one hundred points of your opponent's uh, army to get plus three, and then I think after fifteen hundred was plus two and then like a th- yeah. you needed at least a thousand to get a plus one or something something like that yeah. and then you also got you had they had a special model called ronnie the bard as a shout out to ronnie out in england and he was worth you, he was a token you could put with one of your units it gave himself that unit self-inspiring but then if you killed your opponent's ronnie you got plus one and if your ronnie survived you got another plus one so the max scoring was 20 so 15 for a win plus three for max attrition and then one for your Ronnie living and one for killing your opponent's Ronnie. So it's pretty simple scoring. There wasn't any. Yeah, I like that. That's I, so, so, many nice. times, so many times we go to Texas and everyone's like, dude, bring the mathematician in here to figure this out because I don't know how to score this thing. Yeah, you need an abacus to figure out who won the game because there's so many. I just and I'm not smart enough. Let's just be honest. I'm not smart enough to keep track of multiple objectives and scenarios and that kind of thing. I'm way better when it's straightforward like that. To be, to be so, so, so Jesse, was Jeff. Did Jeff know he was going to win this event going down? I think he. I think he knew. He, he knew was. it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> no way. I think he was, no too, he was toned in. Yeah. No I way. Think, I think a lot of it came down to can he get past Tom Robinson, who's England's champion, and once he got past that, and I mean, also, much, but Trowbridge was there, and Trowbridge yeah. is an outstanding player. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. So you know, between those two guys, that's a. I mean, those are that's, a, that's tough right there, just without anyone else. So Jeff's there to win it. What what are you trying to do, Jess? Just I mean, are you shooting for best general? Are you just trying to do the best you can? Yeah, I was just trying to do the best I can, and I mean, I surprised myself with what happened. And I think a lot of that had to come came down to I didn't play have to play Jeff or Tom Robinson, you know. Which it's uh, matchups you know, a lot of times, you know, it, it, it's luck, right? And luck yeah. comes in a lot of different doses. Depends on who you're playing, the yeah. army they have, the scenario you've got. Did you win the first roll to go to choose to go first or second? There's so many like things that need to fall your way. You know, and when it falls oh, your way, right. it makes yeah. it happen. Right. Absolutely. And make no mistake, I had several different points in several games where had one role gone differently or one unit been been killed when, you know, anything like that, I would have not won that tournament. It was so many close games. My game against Tom, I mean, just, it was just 
things happened that went my way as opposed to going his way at the very end. You know, and I played a game, uh, a game against Marcelo too, who we ended up with a draw, but I could have easily lost that game. And that was, was that problem. round four you played Marcelo or round five? I played it was round, round four, uh, Marcelo right? in round four, and he's J- Jason Burr was round five. Is that right? Jason Burr was round five. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Awesome. And he finished third in the whole tournament. And he's also is now he's also in your club. He's he in our club as well. Yep. Yep. Uh, so yep. you guys finished, you know, from a from a battle perspective. I mean, three of you guys in the top five. I think three out of the top three. I think it was one, one two, two, three. three. Yeah, yeah, I think so. For battle, yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, Jason, awesome player, and his elf list is mm-hmm. filthy. So interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I know we don't want to spend the time to go through all your games, but like maybe Jesse, what were some of the highlight games that you had? I'm sure you had like a game you're like, oh, sure. this this was epic. And share some sure. of those tales with us. Well, I would say the one of the more interesting ones was my game three. Um, it was against Matt Cassidy coming from uh, Massachusetts. Uh, so he came a long way in. Yeah, he did. And it ended up being a mirror match. Uh, he was playing Twilight Kin too. And the thing about his army, and everyone was talking about it up to, you know, through the tournament was he was playing five of the kindred uh, Gladestalker, Twilight Gladestalker regiments. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in game two, he pretty much wiped uh, Kara. Shot her off the uh, table. Yeah, yeah, just off shot the her table, off. shot her off the table, and then when he got the charge on those things, because they wound on fours automatically, uh, you know, obsidian golems just weren't a match for him, and so you know, here I am coming in, and my army hits hard, but a lot of it's pretty soft. So it's like, okay, what am yeah, I? They're only defense here? three as well, right? So yeah. like, if you then, get the jump on them, there's you know, not going to be much less of his army by the time you right. bust them up. And then the the uh, scenario was raised, and this is where I probably screwed it up just based on how things went went went. But I took two of my raise points and put them on each side, thinking that well, like I'll avoid the shooting. My gargoyles will get those, and uh, you know, at least get me two points, and you know, we'll fight over the middle then. But um, that ended up to my detriment in the end because I got first turn. I marched halfway across the table on first turn. Uh, he shoots at me minimal damage from the shooting didn't waver any of my any of my butchers which is what i worry about because that breaks up my line and then turn two i was into him uh with my blade dancers and pretty much uh took out three of those regiments on turn two and you know from there you know i pretty much won the battle but i just couldn't reorient my forces out to get those both of those um raise raise uh, points on the end i could only get one and then i controlled the middle at the end so we ended up tied three three but it just you know it just matt was surprised you know and how fast how aggressive you know that an army can move against people we played it's a very fast army and i assume if he shot some of those guys it only pissed them off and gave him more attacks Pretty much, so, yeah. Right. He did that to happen a few times. It just makes it even worse when he when he finally hits you. Yeah, yeah. there was one situation. He uh, his Mikhail attacked my soulbane, did ten wounds to it, and all of a sudden my soulbane gets seventeen attacks back. Oh my gosh! Like for an individual, yeah. So that's, that's just kind of the nature of my army right now. And Jeff, over to you. Did you have a game or a game that that jumped off the? You know, wow, this was a great game. Well, I mean. I have, I have a couple just because of the, of the way the whole tournament went. Uh, I actually played Blake. I think his last name is Schrode. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but he, yeah, he's he from, runs a Michigan. Uh, he's he, from uh, Mid, uh, Midland, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And he, hey, Claude, he he'll be down at Kings of Memphis this year. If anybody else wants awesome. to come and play Blake, he'll, he'll be down here with his, with his son, Ken, uh, Richie, Kyle Richie. So Yeah, yeah. and honestly, that might have been – I. I ended up voting for him as, for my favorite game. It might have been my the most fun I had during the tournament. Um, the game went sideways for him 
pretty quick. Uh, but he was awesome. He was just a super nice guy. And he was so much fun to play against, even when the game was going against him. He was super fun. And then, you know, Marcelo, he's, that guy's cagey. He's, yeah. he's a smart player. <laughs> That's and a word list, for it. <laughs> yeah. Cagey is the word. word and he's, it, his yeah. list is like sneaky, filthy. Like yeah. you don't realize it when you just look at it. And then I got into the game. I'm like, oh, oh, oh no. This is like way more than I bargained for uh, with his list. And then obviously my game against Tom, just because he's such a ballyhooed player and he's super, he's super, super cagey as well. Like he just knows how to position his units with almost no effort. He just like moves units and they're perfectly placed without measuring in a way. It's, it's crazy how good he is at, at placement and moving units. So those games were all super fun. I play Jason a ton. So our games are always tough, but him and I have probably played a hundred times, honestly. And uh, so that, that game was something that I played a lot, but no, the games were awesome. The opponents were great. And like I said, Tom was an awesome opponent. Marcelo also super, super cagey. Yeah. I played Marcelo. I came five right after Jeff had played. And then, yeah, it was a lot of fun. He just, he's a very meticulous player. I just like, if I make you just playing him, you know, if I make a mistake here, yeah, he's going to capitalize on this, and this his army is just going to. And I'm assuming you beat him since you ended up best general. I did, yes. Uh, a lot of that, you know, his dice were a little bad at the beginning, and mm-hmm. mine were mine were pretty good. But it was just that I managed to chaff him up enough to take out the key things, and yeah, keep well, he had up. some knights, right? He had, he had a couple. He had a horde well, of knights, three, three. three units of knights, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're all and then they're the rest all were like peasants and stuff. What what you know? What was in his list? No, so he brings Marcelo brings, and uh, if he's listening, sorry, Marcelo, I don't remember everything, but he brings, <laughs> We're, he brings three, it up. three regiments of knights, but they're all kitted out to do very specific things. One has sharpness, so that's filthy. Uh, the other one is uh, elite, and the other one has pathfinder, so they all have very specific roles. And then he has the monster hunter, um, horde, which hits on threes, but he give him the brewer's strength, and then he has three casters, and a couple of them have bane chance, so that horde of, of monster hunters on threes and potentially crush two. I mean, they're soul reavers with more nerve. I mean, it's gross. Mm-hmm. And then he has a couple chaff and a couple, uh, 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 he brings a unit of the, uh, the, I forget what they're called, but they're the, the nimble speed nine guys. And he gives the ram, the, uh, the drunken Ram. So they have like thunder two basically. So they hit on threes with thunder right. two. So they're like, they're like a nimble night regiment, really. Um, they're kind of sneaky. And then uh, he also brings two spear regiments. So, you know, just he, the way he worked his list is just, it's it's smart. He just knew, knows how to use his chaff, knows how to get the regiments in your way, and then he just punches you in the face with knights and, and monster hunters. And that's it's really yeah. effective. So really what'd you effective. do, Jesse? I mean, that's seems like a tough list. He's got he's got the stuff that can outrange you a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you, you do have the two abyssal knights, right? So Yeah, um, but what I did, I kind of put him in a position where he had – he had some charges and they were all charges where, you know, he was, he wasn't going to turn into an 80, 90% knock me off the table, you know, type situation. It was probably more of a 40 to 60%. And he didn't, and he didn't pass the nerve test on any of them. Um, and that was pretty early on. And uh, then I turned it around on him on the counter on all of those. And so, you know, once I had the unit uh, advantage uh, and dominate was a scenario, it's just, from that point, just hold him off and, you know, get to the middle. Speaking of scenarios, which scenario is your favorite, Jeff, for your army that you were playing? Oh, for my army that I'm playing, I probably prefer like a dominate 
I just have a lot of unit strength with like the zombie legions and they're hard to take off. Maybe a dominate, maybe an invade. I really dislike some of the, the token scenarios, just regardless of what army I'm playing. Um, I dislike loot the most uh, of all the scenarios that are out loot, there. Loot's but, the worst, but just the sense that there's only three tokens. If you're going to play loot, play super loot, which is one with five tokens. Plunder? I no, I just dislike loot because I, I find about 80% of the time, whoever goes first just wins, right? And it's just a game to keep away. And I just really, really dislike that aspect of it. But I, I for, for my army at this tournament, any of the scenarios where you're holding table quarters, like control or, or dominate or you're invading, those are, for me, they're super and strong. And unit strength matters. That, that's yep. a number of, number of bodies and a number of units yeah. and the unit strength, yeah. 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 Same question to you, Jesse. Tough. Do you have a favorite scenario? I think mine's a lot like Jeff. I dominate and invade those types because uh, my they have army, to come to you. Yeah, my army is about moving in and getting into combat, and uh, and if I can control the middle and make them have to contest it, I think I can oftentimes win because I can outchaff most of my opponents. So, looking back on the tournament, Jeff, what would you change in that list? Anything? I mean, you won, so maybe nothing, but maybe there's something like oh, I mean, I took it to two tournaments. I took it to Shiloh, and I took it to. Adepticon and what did I I finished best general at Shiloh and, and then overall at Adepticon. But I mean, I just don't have the points. I really wish that uh, Necromancers inspired. That would make my life a lot easier, uh, but they don't. But that's just choices you have to make, right? I mean, they have to have some things to balance things out. So I, I understand that. Uh, honestly, I don't know. I, I really like the zombie formation, though. I wouldn't get rid of it. I do have like they it. ever died. Have you ever lost both? Have oh, lost absolutely. One of them? most games, almost every game, they both die. Really? Okay. Yeah, not all the time, but 80% of the games, they both die. But the amount of resources that your opponent has to spend to take off two zombie legions is a lot. Um, it's so hard to get rid of. And so they die, but by the time they're dead, my the rest of my army usually does work in that time. So, Same question to you, Jesse. What would you change on your list? Or it's the perfect I, list? I mean, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, I mean... This this combination of Mikhail and the Soulbane with Ho Shadow Beast is really working for me. And uh, I've got to the point four inspiring sources in the army and, uh, you know, lots of hard hitters. I mean, the only thing I wish is that the formation would have uh, two regiments and one troop of blade dancers instead of two troops and one regiment because mm -hmm. of the regiment the troops just dash 13 nerve just isn't enough sometimes for them to if you, absorb yeah. you get some yeah. shots and they're, and they're not to high defense they're easy yeah, to take off yeah right so here's a question for you you know glade stalkers into any form right it, getting all the yeah. rage all the talk right you vanquished them from the table and then at the other event that was running which is the pilgrim gt right mm -hmm. they lost on top table so maybe we're like buying maybe we're like I don't know. Maybe maybe the the the, the community is over hyping the effectiveness of blade soccer. I don't know. What do you? I, I mean, go ahead. Well, I mean, this goes back to a whole. This is a whole another discussion about just how shooting works, um, because effective shooting is so much better than its points. If that makes sense, mm -hmm. because you're 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 taking out points without ever putting your unit at risk. And with that much shooting, you can you can take out a few of your opponent's units before they ever can possibly threaten you. Usually, not always, of course, but mm -hmm. usually. And I think that's the problem guys have. There. It's just not interactive. So when you're getting shot off the board from 24 inches away and you have no chance to do anything about it whatsoever, I think that's what frustrates guys and that's what gives the perception 
of that, it might be overpowered or, or just too good for its points. Because, um, you know, a combat unit, in order to get into the combat, you need to expose your combat unit to danger. And if you don't uh, kill them, you're going to get punched back, right? Like, correct. I mean, and if you don't kill them, you get punched back. But if somebody shoots you and you don't die in the first turn, I mean, you're, they're still not punching you back. And then you just shoot them again. Uh, and with, mm-hmm. with an overwhelming amount of shooting, it it can really be tough, especially the longer range stuff, 18 inches, 24 inches. It just gets to be frustrating for Well, I'll be interested in you, Jesse, because you, you also were an elf guy, right? You've been an elf guy yeah. forever. Oh, yeah, when I was playing second edition, that's what almost all I played was shooting li- elven shooting lists, mm-hmm. you know, with a few hard hitters to back them up. But I play, yeah. I would play armies with 100-plus shots, and I remember those games. I mean, there was a – game i challenged uh, nick williams down at lone wolf uh, a few years back uh, and i got first turn i shot off like one of his uh lower abyssals hordes and i think i probably wavered one of his Molochs, you know first turn before he even had a turn and you know the game ended up a route after that but that's just how effective shooting can be is you take off somebody's uh horde on a first turn they're already down 200 some points before they even get a turn. Yeah. yeah. And I think that just, that's the, the bigger discussion about shooting. It's just that the perception of the glade stalkers is there because they can do so much damage and with their ability to scout, I think most of them, all the, yeah. all the factions scout too. Right. So their ability to scout, they can move that one inch or so just to get into range and just yeah. blast you. And some and have steady aim. Some too. have steady aim yeah. and it just, man, it's Poison tough. attacks and, yeah. Correct. Yeah, and, correct. Then, and then hitting threes in combat too, right? Like, that's not... Yeah, that's they're not no joke in combat. And you get a Bane Chan yeah. on them, all of a sudden they're doing Grievous Harm in combat. And they're exactly. all... And for a bargain price, you know? Yeah. I mean, my thought would be that I think they should go back to being a regular since uh, elves have, have their old archers back to a certain form again where... And that might solve the issue where you're not having people spam them, where I think Jason with two of them, that's beatable right. when, he, when he plays two of them. And I played against that a few times and met and handled them. But it's when somebody's spamming five of them, you just end up on the wrong end of that with the right, wrong army. And well, and, and that's where you know, Jeff said you get the feel bad moment. Like you're like, oh, because yeah. I mean, it feels bad too when you get alpha striked, but at least when they hit you, you, you potentially could punch back or you could do something. Right. Well, that's when the they're thing just, yeah, when you lo- no, I'm sorry. When you when you lose in combat, it may not be great, but at the same time, at least you got to fight, or at least you got mm-hmm. you your movement made a difference. In like, if you got charged, you still had a move to get charged. Yeah. Whereas with shooting, you there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's an interesting conversation because you know. Also, I think about where you are in the in the the packing order makes a difference. Like, the feel bads are really feel bads, middle table and bottom tables, right? Where you have less experienced yeah. players. That it's like double down on it because not only are they yeah. taking off their stuff with with little effort, they don't know what to do about it. <laughs> they no, they haven't they brought the tools to even yeah. think about fighting that. You know, whereas like at top tables you, where you guys are, not as big a deal. You guys have you guys have some mitigation to that. You know how to play with cover, so you know. Um, yeah, and I I I built my undead army to take shooting. I I, I brought uh, Zunik Ice Blood specifically because he has Veil of Shadows three. And I find that it's absolutely necessary with the meta, with the shooting the way it is. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. things just melt right off the board. Yeah. And I run the butchers as chaff because they're stealthy, and nope. so when they 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 will provide good cover, and, and then anything behind them that my opponent can get a line of sight on, at least will he'll be hitting on with cover. And in our meta yeah. here, we have way too much PTSD with goblins. So, <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, I, I know Donnie oh, runs them. You've got a lot of different players that have goblins. We have right? some players that run goblins now. Plus, you got guys like Travis Tim down in Omaha, and his goblin list is just the epitome of disgusting. 
And yeah. it's just, it's so hard to deal with that much shooting. And Shannon Shoemaker, he's yeah. been playing Goblins yep. too. What'd you guys see at Adepticon? We just talked about a little about, you know, the Boogeyman shooting army. Did you see those there? Did anybody show up with the, the, the classic gun line? Well, I think the one that Jesse was talking about was close or probably five, five regiments of Glade Stalkers. Is that what they yeah. had? Yeah. I mean, 60 shots right there on fours. That's a lot. But I, I think I saw a lot of mixed arms. Like Tom Robinson's army was interesting. He had Berengar and they, he had uh, three of the regiments of the, uh, I think they're called Night Hunters or something. And they, they have axes, throwing axes. So they only range 12, but he can scout. He moves five. So they have a pretty effective range and they're Pierce one and they hit on fours. So they're, they're good. But then he had a lot of combat, too, and chaff mixed in, and I saw that. Uh, Marcelo's list was really hit you in the face with some chaff and units to get in the way. Um, but I, I did. I was seeing a lot more mixed arms armies than I've seen before with a little bit of shooting. Yeah. That's good. I mean, that's I, would, where we, sure. that's, I think where we want the game to go. Just go ahead. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say sure. I, a lot of people are playing uh, Abyssal Dwarves right now, too. I mean, I just the number of people who have the Abyssal, Abyssal or Obsidian Golems uh you know, and such was what, you know, there's a lot of that it's, running around. Hey, look, I mean, you're, you're looking at the wrong guy. If you're going to, I mean, I love defense six, man. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I know. And I think that's defense part of the, so, the, it's a get out of jail free card. Like I'm going to kill you. Exactly. Anything else? Like, was there any standout armies there that you wanted to mention? Anything that was like, wow, this was a unique army that caught people out. Um, There was uh, that caught people out in terms of gameplay either way or, we, I, you know, I like aesthetics too. You're a hobby guy, so if there's well, aesthetic, there was a there was a woman there. Her name was Cat or Kate, Cat or Cat mm-hmm. Catherine. I, I'm sorry if she's listening. Catherine I Royer, remember. I think, is her name. Yeah, yeah, and her army was gorgeous, and I mean gorgeous. Her paint was um, just on point, like super well done. Highlights, beautiful shading. You could tell she took the time, and the color palette was phenomenal, which to me is a bigger deal when you when it, when you paint color palettes, everything. Uh, and her army looked awesome. So that was that was good to see. There was actually three women that were there, which you don't see a lot at tournaments, which was super cool. And it was Grace, Kara, and Catherine, I think. And Catherine, yeah, exactly. Um, so there was that 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 stood out. And like I said, uh, Steve, his army from England, was looking pretty good with with his paint and the way he had modeled up some of the units. So those those really stood out. And I actually remember seeing a lot of I, I, there was like three salamander armies, which isn't normal, I don't think. To see that they're not, they're, I, I don't know, you know, maybe there was four. I think of, there was four actually. Yeah, a lot of Salamander players here locally are kind of like, uh, kind of in a transition trying to figure out how to make well, them work. Yeah, so yeah. and a lot of people just play nature, <laughs> nature's right. better. So just play nature. Yeah. So, yeah, anything you, on your end, Jesse? Uh, you saw, yeah, I think uh, Jeff mentioned the ones that really stood out. Uh, the one that everyone was kind of talking about was a goblin army that was uh, all painted as Smurfs. Yeah, would you get I, now? I, so for those who don't know, we'll put a link in the show notes. He, the guy has got a painting channel on YouTube. He shows all of the stuff being painted. But in person, what what would you think? I mean, I, first of all, all I can say is God bless him because I, I don't know if I have the dedication to do that to that level. I was just in shock at how many models yeah. he actually painted. I mean, yeah, it's a lot. Like right? and, yeah, that was insane. There's it's all model count. Yeah, every one of them. It's insane. So I was in shock at how many painted. I don't think his list did very well because he didn't really have much to back up the hordes. Um, he didn't have a lot of shooting, did he? Did he have? No, he had, it wasn't a typical goblin army yeah. where you take the hordes, to unlock all the bullshittery. Um, yeah. But it was he drew so many models. My God, yeah, it made That's me tired. Just you know, there's quantity has a as a, a quality all its own, right? Like there's yeah, something to be said sure. when you, you shake your head. You're like, okay, you rack and player. That's amazing that you painted. 
that many miles. Right. When, that when you know, actually painted that many. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was insane. So there, yeah. that was that one. I'm trying to think of some of the others. There was, there was a mix. I think there was a, at least like eight or ten full Mantic armies or close to full Mantic armies, which was – I was nice. a little surprised that it looked like on, on the score sheet that at about a third of the armies were – Mantic or mostly Mantic armies. I was actually thinking that it would be more than that, but I know, thought there'd be more too. But I'm at, I'm glad there was at least that many. But I was thinking yeah. there'd be more because if you're if you're coming there and you're trying to go to you go to England, I mean, I think I can still taste Chris Kapsner's salty tears, man. Like, yes. I mean, yeah. you win the event for those yeah. who don't know, and then doesn't have a Mantic army, so number two jumps shift for the ticket. Like, yep. I yep. I would be crying, oh. just be like, I would oh, be blubbering I'm, like a I'm, baby. And honestly, so I'm taking my wife with me. We're going to go early, about a week early to England. And by taking, by going to a tournament and winning a trip to England and then taking her, I've probably bought myself about three years of tournaments whenever I want. So I, I couldn't think of a better way to make your wife happy to let you play Kings no, of no, no. And congratulations. You're recently married, right? Yeah. Recently got married. Yep. So it's awesome. It's a good way to keep her happy. Happy wife, happy yeah, ab- life. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, we, one thing we didn't touch on, how was the terrain? Did you find the table setups good, bad, ambivalent? <laughs> ambivalent. I think there was – they were the terrain was the right number of pieces. There was usually 9 to 10 or 11 per table. I just thought they were a little bit small. Yeah. Uh, the forests were small, like the size of a beer glass, meaning the right. top of a glass. They weren't big. Uh, and so the people with shooting armies had almost no cover to have to deal with at all. Um, so I, I thought the pieces were small. But, I mean, that's not on the tournament. I mean, you, you have what you have. I and mean, when you're trying to put together exactly. that many tables, you just you do what you can do with what you have. I, I totally get it. Uh, but I thought it was well set out. They used the um, – they had a picture by every table with the way the terrain supposed to be laid out so if things got moved. And all the tables were different, which was nice that you never run the same table. With the same yeah, exact that's always a bonus, right? Yeah, I like I love terrain because I just I love the chess match that it becomes of like it's like a Tetris puzzle, right? Trying to figure out what you're gonna do about terrain. So I really like I really like when terrain's different. I, I do. I, I don't mind terrain at all. So yeah. Jesse's it was, it was, question. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think yeah. It could some of the <laughs> forests and things could have been a little bigger, but I mean it was the right number and it just wasn't like over overly uh oh too much terrain. I mean, I remember going down to Texas a few times and like they'd have these big blobby forests that just could cover half the middle of the board if it was placed out there. Absolutely. So what's next for you guys? Obviously, you've got the UK in the future, but what other tournaments do you have for the remainder of the year? Or is is that it? You're done. Oh, no. There's well, so that's it for this Masters qualifier year. Yeah, you're done with that now, right? Yeah. So that was the last qualifier for the Midwest. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. but like for us, like Bug Eater is a big one, uh-huh. uh huh. And that's in Omaha, usually in yeah. June, and that is it's usually the first weekend or second weekend of June. Yeah. First or second weekend of June, that tournament's awesome. Yeah. Like that's a must go. I think no matter where you are, and Omaha's middle of the country, so I mean nobody has an excuse. It's easy to get to. Yeah, but then Lady of the Lake up in Duluth. Lady uh, of the Lake is going to be, I think, third weekend in August this year, and Chris yeah. Kapsner always puts on a great uh, show for that one. For yeah, you know. John Becker has a bunch of events too, right? Doesn't he run like five tournaments a year? Oh yeah, we all and we we run a bunch of one days, but I mean we can have a one day here with sixteen to twenty players, easy. Uh, That's awesome. So we we do one one days. We got a one day in three weeks. We got another one day in May. Uh, Jason Burr is running a one day at his house in September. He does it in his yard. 
Uh, Connor used to do one in, in the summers. Uh, Connor does, Murphy? Connor Murphy, yup. Never so met him, but he's, he's, he he won something from him. And I had to send him a package. No, no, so, Connor's uh, a super he, good he dude. Made it to, he, was, he had Adepticon with you guys? He didn't. He was there, yup. He was there this okay. year. Connor was there. Um, so he usually runs one in his house. We call it Backyard Shenanigans, or BS for short. And uh, he, he runs that one. That's usually in August in Minnesota because other it might snow any other month. So he tries to do it when it won't snow. Uh, it's a one day. And then John, yeah, John Becker runs Renegade GT, which is in November. And that's a multi, that's a multi-system event. It's not just Kings of War. There's it's kind of a mini Adepticon. So Jesse, is there any other tournaments you're heading to that we didn't um, just talk about? Going yeah, to- I'm probably going to go to Bug Eater for sure. I'm debating the Kansas City GT. That I am uh, on the fence for that. It's in May. Yeah, uh, Kansas City GT I'm, number two, right? That's our. I'm Monday. debating yeah. it as well. Michael Stigler, right? So I need to I go. Definitely. It's just like it's one of those things where it's like uh, it's it's so yeah, close to Lone Wolf and everything else, and uh, yeah. yeah. But I yeah, really definitely should Lady of the Lake, we, Baby Masters, and yeah. Oh, you got to go to Masters, man. Yeah. I mean, look, if, if you're invited and you don't go, it's like ah, oh, not. I guess honestly, week. I shouldn't spill the beans, but I think like the first six qualifiers in the Midwest aren't going to Masters. Well, it's far, right? That's the so that's it's you know, no surprise. Is. It's it's Seattle and the cost is going to be prohibitively expensive. Yeah. It's we tough. didn't know that when we voted, right? Like that we right. were gonna have the gas prices that we have now and inflation was gonna be going oh. through the roof. You gotta fly. There's no no other way around it. You no, guys for probably, you, have to. you can you drive or no? It's, it's two, two days. It's yeah. two day drive, even yeah. from here. And I'd be more willing to go if I can find somebody to bring my army up there. So that's what maybe maybe originally Jason and Jason and I were going to drive and maybe maybe John, but none of us can go. And it's just it's so far and it's, it's logistically. Well, it's you difficult. know, Donnie, if he gets invited, he's going. Well, oh, Donnie, Donnie will backpack there with his army on his yeah. back, and he'll just he'll get yeah. there no matter what. He'll and, climb the mountains. And Donnie's uh, exactly. in our top eight, so yeah, he'll get yeah, the perfect. Invite. Perfect. And I think Kara's, you know, because we'll probably be going down the list. Kara, I think, is Kara. Kara goes, Kara goes to a lot of events. Yeah, if you guys ever get the Michigan GT was a lot of fun last year. It was uh, a small tournament, but like, man, it was a who's who of like, you know, I, you know, I played yeah. Franz and I played Shan Shoemaker and John Carter, and you know, it's like, oh my gosh, and Mark Taylor. I mean, like, yeah, yeah he's players, man. And it was like, oh, this is a small tournament, but like for a twenty-man tournament. This feels like, I don't know, it was rough. No, it's a grind to get through those good players, yeah. Well, and after meeting Blake, I I, I would go to that tournament just because of how, how nice of a guy he was and how he just knows his stuff. I can imagine Blake's he amazing. Runs really, Blake's yeah, amazing. I bet he yeah. just runs an incredible tournament. Well, so. let's be honest. If you want to beat Shannon, you just need him to time out. You just need to get him to time out. <laughs> yeah. You just, you know, that's that's <laughs> the key. Give him a timeout. <laughs> oh, no, and Shannon ran a great tournament, too. That yes, he, he does. They did. They yeah. did a good yeah. job running it up to him. That's all. Yeah. So I guess Mike Carter kind of handled the behind the scenes stuff, and Shannon kind of handled the forward table question. Yeah, Shannon. Shannon walked around and hovered over everyone's shoulders while we were playing games. That yeah. was Shannon's role in the tournament. Nice. So. No, it's Shannon, Shannon's put in the dues. He's you know, and I know this is his second or third Adepticon that he's run. So it's I, I I've. It would be nice if we can get it back to where it was that one year we, in 2019 when we had 60, right? Like, yeah, right. nice. But you know, I think coming out of the pandemic, it's kind of it is what it is, and hopefully next year, you know, we can get get more stuff. You know, one thing I'm wondering about, you know, we had the two guys from the UK come over, and you're going over there. I'm wondering how what we can do to get more cross pollination between the two countries, it, because I mean, that's a lot of fun, right? Like, 
you getting to play Nick Williams at Lone Wolf one year, someone yeah. getting to play Dan King at Lone Wolf coming up. Like those are the kind of matchups you don't get to play very often. No, other than on UB, and let's be honest, I don't UB because it's not real no. gaming. Yeah, um, no. But like, um, I don't know what you guys have any thoughts on what we could do I mean, to make make it, airfare make airfare less expensive. I mean, <laughs> other well, than I guess, that, I guess that's I guess that's really all we got, right? Man, I mean, I'd be to England once a month if if airfare was the same as going to, to Texas. But um, no, I mean, those guys are awesome, and that's why I wanted to, like I said, that's why I wanted to challenge Tom. It's so much fun to play somebody from England. You know, who's just a totally different player, a completely different meta than anything that you or we have here back home, right? And just different way of looking at the game. And it's it's awesome. So yeah, I wish there was a way to do it, but it's just so damn far. It is. Jesse, you, you have any you have any suggestions? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it just takes the outreach sometimes where I Chris got a couple of those guys to come over for Lady of the Lake yeah. a few years back. And it's just yeah, I know yeah, Nick. I will say they, they they I think this is me talking. More of them are willing to travel or have traveled than us going over there. There's been a lot, and, and that might be just a reflection of the number of events that they have, right? Like they don't have as many events. Correct. Here it's like we have lots of 30 man events or or bigger, right? And yeah. There's more choice. Yeah, that might have something to do with it. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I talked to Tom about their scene. He said it is growing though. So they they do have more tournaments. And did, more you, did you put a bug in his ear about soft scores yet? <laughs> it didn't talk about it. At all. That's a that's a whole other topic that's always fun on fanatics every so often. You know, yeah. no, I didn't I didn't dip my foot into that pool. No, I'll just let them scrap it out for themselves. So Jesse, who's a player you want to play and haven't played yet? Anywhere in the world. Oh god, that's I don't know. Tough that's one. a tough one. Same question yeah, to no. you, Jeff. Either one of you guys can answer first, whoever comes up with it, you know. I well, after meeting Steve Hildrew, I really like that guy. I would love to play him just because. Um, and I would like to play Dan King because he's also super good. And to have the privilege of getting my ass kicked by him would be a, would be a lot of fun. Well, you beat Tom Robinson, and I yeah, think Tom I mean, Robinson's probably got a pretty strong record against those other guys you just mentioned. He may. So, I, may have just, I, may, I, I may have been the blind squirrel that finds a nut once in a while. Okay, hey. Know? But it worked. Yeah. You know, the one person, and I've been at a bunch of tournaments with him, but never played him. And maybe, you know, I'll have to at some point is Mark Cox. Cause those games just. I've only played Mark. I've played Mark a couple yeah. times and they are like, it's that Blake Schrode effect. Like they're just, they're yeah. just damn fun games. You just win or lose. You're just like, ah, that and there's always a beer in front of you. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Well, is there anything we missed, guys? Anything? Any any final thoughts on Adepticon? I don't want to keep you all night, but I just wanted to, you know, was there anything you, you wanted to share about Adepticon that we missed? Did you guys buy a lot of stuff? I bought nothing. I had no time yet. I bought a lot of beer. We actually spent a lot of time. The yeah. only time that we had, we went down to the bar with the Brits, and our, right. our, our the majority of the Minnesotans went down with them, and we we drank a lot. So I, I bought a lot of beer. Yeah, And, and I bought a fair amount of uh, terrain for my at-home table, so that's nice. something yeah, we need. Awesome. Any shout outs? I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, I just, like I said, I want to just plug the Minnesota group. We have an awesome group. It's I, if people knew how big our community was here and how engaged people are, they'd be jealous. It's super fun. And you know, you're, you, we have good players and we're playing each other again and again and again and again. And the amount of prep that the guys in our club do for tournaments is amazing. Guys will put in a lot of time painting and a lot of time playing games just to go to one tournament. And it's super fun to see. And it makes it makes 
inspired to play the game. Well, and it makes you inspired awesome. when you find awesome. out like eight, eight, nine other guys from your group are going going somewhere. Like I would have never gone down to Shiloh if if these guys weren't going. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes it it makes it easy to have a community when you have this many people playing and these this many people are that enthused about it at any given time. It's it's super awesome. So definitely a shout out to our to our group here. And then I also got to, you know, it sounds typical, but I, I got to thank my wife because she lets me go to these tournaments. And if she didn't Dude, let me, I couldn't do it. I mean, I I can't say I mean, we all have to, you know, all of us with significant others like it, it's it's a uh, it's a it's a treat to go because that means you're leaving behind some responsibility. And well, so, I got you know. I got three kids with one more on the way. So the fact that she lets me go anywhere is a minor miracle, and to be able to go to a tournament is 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 tough. Well, awesome guys, I appreciate you guys coming on, joining us, chatting about Adepticon, and well, hopefully thanks, we'll catch man. up with you. Maybe at one year, but maybe maybe at the Kansas City GT. I know Michael is uh, looking for some more people to come down there. Congratulations on uh, what a great setup you guys have there at Minnesota uh, at the uh, Fantasy Flight Game Center. Yeah. I guess what you guys call yeah, it. Fantasy Flight Game uh, Center. I'm yep. jealous. I'm jealous. You guys have so nice. It's unbelievable. And, I, and, and you guys play you guys play everything there, right? You can play board games, tabletop, whatever. They yeah. literally have everything. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, awesome. Does one of you guys want to take us out? Yeah, you do it, Jesse. I, I did the intro. Okay, well, thanks for having us on today, uh, Rob. And uh, this is Jesse for CounterCharge. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on CounterCharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.